Welcome to Kingsway International Christian Center Tarona, where we are raising champions and taking territories. We are sure this teaching will be a huge blessing to your life. For more information, visit www.kicccanada.ca. Now, get ready to be transformed by the Word. Glory to God. As a very young boy, I was, I think I was in GS2 or GS3. My dad wanted his first son. I'm the last child. My dad wanted his first son to study medicine. It was his pride. It was, he is my big brother, very intelligent. When you, when you speak with him, you know he's brilliant. Amen? Very brilliant. So my dad just said, wow, the, the son of my strength, you know, is going to be a doctor. But the guy just didn't like blood. He just, <laughs> Stellar be like, that's me. He just couldn't stand blood. All right? The second born was just, on his, he was just there. The guy just loved numbers. He's an accountant today. The third born, yeah, me growing up was, because at the end of, I don't know why I'm starting this way. At the end of every year, that's third term, my dad would buy a gift and give it to the best of the children, of the four boys. He won't say, you, you are too young to be very intelligent. He would just look at all our results. The best. Yemi was the one always getting the prizes. All right? I, I, I grew up, I don't know what the diagnosis was, but there was something. If I was in this part of the world, then I probably started my medication. I used to forget things a lot. If you, if you tell, if it tells me now that I should walk to the end of that room and tell them to switch on the light. By the time I get there, I've forgotten what the message is. So for me to remember, I would say... Timothy said you should switch on the light. Timothy said you should switch on the light. Timothy said so that by the time I get there, I'll remember what exactly it is. So I wasn't the one supposed to, to be the doctor in the house, but this is where I'm going to. When the Lord turned my fortunes around, and then right from the back of the class, I can remember taking a report card home that was 73rd. Hello? 73. Hello? Yeah. It was third term of, I think, five and three. You can go and check. You can check the records. Fact check. Command Children's School, Yaba, Hans Barracks, 73rd. And then suddenly, by the time the hand of God had turned my brain around, I went to the front of the class. And then when my parents saw that, ha, ah, his brain has changed. Then they said, that's probably going to be the doctor in the house. So my dad said, I will do everything in my power to ensure that you study one of the best medical schools in Europe. And he told me, you're going to school in Dublin. I didn't know where Dublin was. I didn't know what they used to do in Dublin, how they used to get there. He said, you're going to, I will do everything. You will study in Dublin, all right? And then, when I was in SS2, he passed on. And Dublin passed on. Praise God. You know, the death of a person takes with it all of the hopes attached. It takes everything. And I can remember I was crying. Some people didn't know why I was crying. They're like, he's missing that. They're like, oh, Dublin. <laughs> but our Savior is alive. Somebody give the Lord a big shout. You know what that means? It means that your hopes are valid. It means that the words he spoke to you still have life. There is a strong possibility that those words will still come to pass. Because your Savior is still alive. If that is your testimony, wave your hands to heaven. And say, thank you, Jesus. Indeed, my Savior is alive. I am victorious. I am more than conqueror. I have a living hope. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
your name, Jesus. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive. Glory to God. You know, Easter period is one of the opportunities we have to sing hymns. One of my best Easter hymns is that hymn that says, Low in the grave he lay. Anybody knows it? Jesus, my Savior. Waiting the coming King Jesus, my Lord. Don't worry about the progression. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and lives forever with the saints today. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. You know, my, you know why I love the song? The author of the song has a crescendo to it. So it means we sing, No wind and when it gets to up from the grave, he arose. You just everywhere, just you know, the people sleeping will just wake up like up from the grave. Now, that that crescendo gives you an idea of how the resurrection power works. That's where I'm going to. The resurrection power is not a static force. I'm going to prove it to you. The Bible says that Lazarus has been dead for days, rotting and stinking. And they told Jesus, Says your friend is sick. Let us go. Jesus said, no, we are not, we are not rushing there. We are, the resurrection power is not an urgent something. We are not rushing. All right? And by the time Jesus got there, the sister said, Master, if only you had come earlier, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, don't worry. He's going to live. She said, yes. I know he's going to live on that resurrection morning. Jesus said, how do you know about resurrection morning? Is it not me that taught you? You were sitting on my feet. I taught you resurrect, Right? Now, let me upgrade your knowledge. Resurrection is not a date. It's a person. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus. <laughs> Someone said, if Jesus had said, come forth, every dead person in every grave would have come forward. So Jesus had to put, he had to put a name. He had to tag it. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Now, this is where I'm going. The Bible says that Lazarus came forth. And then Jesus said they should do what? Loose him. That is untie the bandage. Now, how did somebody who was tied walk out of a tomb? Are you, are, you, are you with me? Are you thinking about it? So he didn't walk out. The power propelled him. So the resurrection power propels. It lifts. Are we still together? And that power is at work in us. It's not only at work in us in April. It's not only at work in us during Easter. That power is at work in us every day. Every day. Praise God. Praise God. My second favorite hymn is, He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives in me. He walks with me and talks with me along a special way. He lives, he lives, salvation deals well. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my soul. Praise God. Praise God. Lots of powerful, powerful, powerful songs. Let's sing the one we all know. Hallelujah. You have won 
the victory. Lift up your voice and say, Hallelujah. You've won it. You have won it all for me. It says, Death could not hold him. Death could not hold you down. You who gratitude say you have won the victory In other tongues for about 60 seconds. His presence is here with us this morning. He's here. Bless your name, Jesus. Speak to us, Lord, this morning. 
Reveal your will and your counsel. Take all your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have worshipped. In Jesus' name we have worshipped. Come on, give the Lord a big shout. Give the Lord a big shout. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Is that the best you've got? Is that the best you've got? Give the Lord a big shout. I want you to say this as loud as you can. He is alive in me. He is alive in me. He is alive in me. Glory to God. Please be seated in God's presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sorry, the kids have to join us this morning. Um, we had to, to hijack their TV this morning. All right, so they'll be joining us. Praise God. All right. Tap your neighbor and say, God has a word for you. God has a word for you. Praise God. Let's open to Psalms, Psalms chapter 103. Let's start from there. Our theme in all KICC branches this morning is the triumphant Christ, the victorious Christ. And we're going to be looking at the Easter message from a totally different perspective this morning. And I have absolute confidence that the word of God will come alive to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. Bless the Lord. Are you there? Psalm 103. I'm going to, um, um, I have the NIV and the Amplified in my front. I'm going to have to recite it in the KJV. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord. And bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Somebody say benefits. Are you, is that in your Bible? Is there any version that re renders it as a singular word? Any version? In the NIV, it says benefits. In the Amplified, it says benefits. In the King James, it says benefits. Any other versions in the room? Blessing? Don't forget the single blessing. Okay, any other version that renders that word? Okay, so we'll go with the ones we have. Somebody say benefits. I want to hear the yes. Somebody say benefits. Right, so he tries to itemize some. Now, some people have looked at this scripture and they've tried to unveil it as all of the benefits. But even David knows that he cannot capture all the benefits in 150 Psalms or in 1 million Psalms. So these are not all the benefits. These are some of the benefits, all right? Hello, are you with me this morning? So he says, who forgives all your sins? The forgiveness of sins, number one, benefit. And for a lot of people, this is the only benefit they love and that they've chosen to live with. They just love that their sins have been forgiven and they are fine with their Christian life. They tell themselves that beware of churches where they teach you any other thing apart from the forgiveness of sins. Jesus Christ came to die for your sins and that is all. He came to do nothing more than to die for your sins. And they, 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 they sprinkle a lot of religious sentiments on it so that it sounds powerful. They tell you if there's any other thing you can get by any means, then that obviously is not what Jesus came for. And that's true. It means fully well that if there is any way somebody can buy a car, 
then Jesus Christ didn't come to give me a car. Are we still together? So if there's any way somebody can build the house, it means that the essence of the power of Jesus is not car buying. It's not a car dealer. Are we still together? Car dealer. Sounds like Cadillac. Hmm. That's a rev. I'm just joking. There's nothing there. <laughs> Praise God. So it, it, it's not just to give families. It's not just, but and that's absolutely true. Jesus Christ came for the forgiveness of sins. Praise God. And we're going to come to that shortly. It says, who heals all your diseases? Somebody say, all your diseases. Somebody say, all your diseases. I spent a large chunk of my life training to treat diseases. And part of the things we do when we want to arrive at a diagnosis is to ask a lot of questions. A lot of meaningful questions. And it dawned on me that in the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, he didn't do any history taking. He didn't ask anybody, what is the nature of your condition? He said, headache. How many days have you had this headache for? He said, seven days. He said, describe, describe the headache. It, does it radiate to the left? Does it radiate to the right? You will now go back. Mm. Be healed. Do you know why he doesn't do that? If he had the power to heal some diseases, then he would need to do that. So that he can split. Let's be sure this is the one we can heal. But because he has the power to heal, come on. He has the power to heal all diseases, so he doesn't bother taking the history. Because whatever the eventual diagnosis is, his power is able to cure it. Are we still together this morning? Tap your neighbor say, he heals all your diseases. Say, I don't care what the diagnosis is. You know, during the testimonies, I was expecting to hear a testimony, but the testimony didn't come. So I will give the, the testimony anonymously on behalf of the supposed testifier. We got a call shortly after devotion that a, a daughter of God, of Jesus, was bleeding profusely from the nose. And that uh, we should pray. So we had just finished devotion in the house. And I said, let us pray. I just dropped my phone. I said, let us pray. And then I said, Father, your word says you heal all diseases. But if there's any disease, you know there are a few that were specific. One of it was issue of blood. It means that the wrongest thing the devil can bring across a believer is anything bleeding. Any, because that one we know. I mean, we, we, there are probably cases of cancer in the Bible, but they didn't know it was cancer. So they didn't call it cancer. Probably cases of diabetes. I mean, if you start dissecting some certain conditions, you can trace the physiology and give it a big name. But I said, bleeding, no room for it. We command that flow to stop in the name of Jesus. So I picked up my phone and I sent a message. I said, go to the hospital. Let the doctors confirm that the bleeding has stopped. They went to the hospital, got a message, said that, it was just bleeding. The bleeding had stopped. So they literally went to the hospital to confirm. You know, sometimes you need the doctor's confirmation so that everybody can sleep well at night. Not that you're lying down. Why is like this? Eh? What's in your nose? He says, nothing. <laughs> Praise God. Our God heals all diseases. And that's not even where we are going this morning. He says, He redeems your life from the and crowns you with love and compassion. Somebody didn't see that. Let me read another version for you. It says, who redeems your life from the pit and from corruption? 
who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Is that in your Bible? Verse 5 says, who satisfies your mouth? Not who manages your mouth. Not who, who portions your mouth. Are you still with me this morning? It says, it satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles, strong, overcoming, and soaring. Glory to God. Somebody say benefits. Somebody say benefits. Now, one of the biggest... There's a book nobody ever wrote. All right, yet. Maybe somebody will write it. Maybe now that I say it, somebody will write it. Or if you stumbled on it, anybody ever seen a book titled or whose content dwells on the etiquettes of gifts? Anybody? Anybody? How many of you have seen someone's watch before? They say, oh, nice watch. I love your watch. And the person goes, oh, I actually would have given you, but it was a gift. Somebody gave me. Have you heard that before? Have you heard that before? So it's not a law anywhere, but we believe that if somebody gives you a gift, you don't give it out. That's, that's an unwritten rule somewhere. All right? If somebody gives you a gift, it gives them a dimension of joy to see you use that gift. Are we still together? So somebody buys pastor a shirt. All right? Somebody. I'm not saying you should buy pastor a shirt. Where the Lord is laying it on your heart. Do not fight with the Spirit of God. Just kidding. All right? So you buy pastor a shirt, and you come to church the next Sunday. You are so sure that that is the best shirt pastor has. He has to wear it. Let's say there's even a dress code that says all white, and it was a white shirt. And you are sure that is the shirt. Pastor just shows up wearing something else, wearing native, all right? And you're like, ah, what happened to that shirt? So you're like, he's going to wear it the next Sunday. So it's the next Sunday he doesn't wear it. And then it's the next Sunday he doesn't wear it. And, and one day you just go to pastor's house. And you just see pastor's daughter like, oh, I, I spilled my yogurt and I need to go and clean it. So she just carries the shirts and takes it to go and, to go and clean the mess of the yogurt. Now the truth is that in that moment, you won't be yourself again. You remember how much you earned per hour? You remember how you journeyed to the store to go and get the shirt? You remember how you paid for it? In fact, you go and check your transactions. Can I cancel the transaction and unbuy the shirt? Say, this pastor is very ungrateful. He doesn't know the worth of that shirt. They are using that expensive shirt as rag in his house? Praise God. Praise God. Now, Trick question. Which one is worse? Using the shirt as rag or leaving the shirt wrapped up, not knowing what is inside. Which one is worse? Think about it. Think. Don't be in a hurry. Leaving the shirt wrapped up is worse, right? Then the less worse is using the shirt as a rag, right? Is using the shirt as a rag, right? Hello? Are we still together? It's, it seems like we have a quorum. We have an agreement, right? So everybody agrees to that, right? Praise God. Now, let me show you how most people are doing one of the two of those things. There's a group that leaves their gifts, their benefits unwrapped. And there is another group that they misuse it heavily. 
in a way that it brings shame. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now we are changing gears from here. We are moving deeper. We are going to deeper waters now. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'll read 22 and 23. Now it says, Before our eyes the Lord sent signs and wonders. Somebody says sent signs and wonders. Great and terrible on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. Verse 23, which is where I'm going to. Verse 23 says, But he brought us out from there to bring us in and to give us the land he promised us on oath to our ancestors. Is that in your Bible? Is that in your Bible? I'm going to read that again. A lot of you were distracted. It says, But he brought us out from there. How did he bring us out? He says it in the verse before, with mighty signs and wonders. Is that in your Bible? So he brought us out that he might bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. Praise God. Praise God. Now flip with me to the New Testament. Keep your hands or bookmark if you are using an electronic device in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let's do some comparison. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. He says that for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Is that in your Bible? Let me read. He says, the father has delivered us and drawn us to himself out of the control and domination of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood which means the forgiveness of our sins praise god so can you see a similarity between the account in deuteronomy chapter 6 and the one in colossians chapter 1 can you see the similarity there was first a bringing out and then secondly there is a bringing in are we still together this morning Hello, are we still together this morning? If you are here with me, say, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, good, we have everybody here. So he says that he brought us out through mighty signs and wonders that he might bring us in. Now, quick question. How many people who were brought out of Egypt entered in? How many? Two. Have you ever given that a thought? Have you ever given that a thought? Millions of people brought out of Egypt. Only two of that crop entered in. It means fully well that the process of bringing out and the process of bringing in are two completely different processes. One is a work of signs and wonders and power, which is your salvation. Heavily powerful. The resurrection of Jesus sealed your forgiveness, your redemption, your translation, your bringing out. And the moment you are brought out, a gift of benefits, as it were, is handed over to you. It is your duty to unwrap that gift and then go in. Somebody say go in. Somebody say go in. So God brings us out by an act of power. God brings us in by an act of courage. The Lord said to Joshua, let's open to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. 
Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord God said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. Verse 3. I will give you every place you set your foot as promised Moses. All right? All right? Now, I just read from the NIV. That's not a very nice way to put it. Does anybody have the KJV here? Let me read verse 3 again. It says, Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you as I promised Moses. Praise God. So was God going to give the land to them? No. He had given the land to them. Had they entered into it? No. They had not yet entered into it. There was a bringing out and there was a bringing in. The generation that came out was a generation of slaves. The only thing they knew how to do was hard labor. Hard labor. That's the only thing they knew how to do. Hard labor. That was the only thing they knew how to do. But God was bringing them into a place where they would need new mindsets, new paradigms, and new skills. I was, I was giving an example of a story, hypothetical story of a lady who was brought into a house as house girl or housemaid, as you commonly call them. And then suddenly in, in her stage, she's been just a great support to the family. And then the couple says, you know what? We are going to adopt this child. She's no longer going to be a house girl. She's no longer going to be a slave in this house. We are going to adopt her. She's going to be our surname. She's going to have an inheritance in this home. And then they do all the adoption papers and they say, come here. I'm not going to call the common name that all of you know, all right? I was going to say Kaite, but I didn't say so, all right? <laughs> they say, come, come. They say, come. We have something special to tell you today. So what is something special? Say, from today, you are no longer a house girl in this house. From today, you are now part and parcel a part of this family. You have the rights of a daughter. You have the rights of a son. These are the documents. Now she's saying, okay, these are the documents. I can't even read, you know, but I, I trust what you are saying. These are the documents, all right? And then when it's time for dinner, she brings food to the table, and then she goes to the kitchen to go and eat her food. And they say, no, you don't have to stay in the kitchen. Children sit at the table to eat. They're like, okay, this is new. I can learn this. And then she goes to the table, and she's looking at them, you know, in, in her kitchen, she's eating with her hand. On the table, they use fork and knife and other cutleries. All right? If you don't know how to use fork and knife here, if you're like the people from my village, they'll give you fork and knife. Hello? Yes, poo. <laughs> so go and learn it. Hello. Praise God. But it doesn't immediately sink in. All her friends are all the house girls on that street. The only suitors she thinks about are the gate men. I was going to say, some people say, are you seeing Kiki? Do you love, I was going to say keke driver, so people won't get it. <laughs> so let's not say that. But that, that's, a, that's her association. Those are the people she knows. But she's now a son. She's now a daughter. Her surname has changed. But has her lifestyle changed? Not yet. Because she has been brought out, but she has not yet been brought in. For a lot of believers, we sing on Easter. Oh, Jesus is alive. The big question is, and so what? 
He died to save your sins. And so what? He has healed all your diseases. And so what? What are you doing with that fact and with that information? What are you doing with it? What will the resurrection of Christ do for you? How does it affect your bringing in into a place of possession? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. In Joshua chapter 1, I can't count the number of times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Your deliverance was done by a mighty act of power. The blood of Jesus has done the work and that is finished. Now that that is finished, it's not the time to sleep. It's not the time to fold your hands. It's not the time to say it is finished. It is finished is a launch pad for now it begins. Because there is a life you are supposed to live. He took your place and he wants you to take his place. Where is his place? Seated at the right, right hand of God. Far above principalities and powers. As he is, so we are. But are you, are you, ah, are you as he is? Is that your reality? That's what we're talking about this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Tap your neighbor and say, be strong and courageous. Because going in is big business. It's tough. Going in is tough. Living the life of a true believer isn't beans. It's a big shame the way we've taught these things over the years in churches. Tell people, give your life to Christ. All your problems will just disappear. We tell them, just have faith. Have faith. Your faith will buy you a new car. Your faith will, and we, are, we are creating frustrated believers. The half-life of frustration is about 10 years. When people have been... <sighs> I need to be careful. People will come around, hang in church for 10 years. They tell them to read their Bibles and to pray. And they are praying slave prayers. And they are not getting results. After a while, they will tell you this thing doesn't work. You will look for scriptures to tell them. Your scriptures won't make sense to them anymore. Because what you are sharing is revelation. What they heard in 10 years was information. Never saw the light of scripture. Never attempted to live the life God made available for them. Battling in debt, battling in sickness, disease, pillar to pose. The devil is just making a mess of them. They will go and shout, Father, destroy all my enemies. And they get home. The enemy is literally at the door saying, you try to destroy me today. We will double your... Does it sound familiar? That's what Pharaoh did. Say people want to go. <laughs> it means you are too free. Double their work. That's the attitude a lot of people are taking into warfare. They are not worrying from a stand of victory. They don't have a revelation of what the, 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 the blood of Jesus has given them. Absolutely no idea. Praise God. Praise God. So how do you begin to enter into your possession and make essence of Easter? How do you enter into your inheritance and make essence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Number one is you have to accept your new nature by faith. Accept your new nature by faith. One of the big problems the Israelites had coming out of Egypt is they did, they, it, was, it was not in their dictionary to be free. The word free was not in their dictionary. So they didn't know what it meant to be free. Hello? Are we still together? They were born slaves. Their fathers were slaves. Their grandfathers were slaves. Their children were conditioned to be slaves. You take your child on a stroll and your, and your child sees an Egyptian on a chariot. And the child says, one day, daddy, I would love to own a chariot. And the father says, shh, 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 
don't own chariots. So what do you mean, Daddy? What we do is we carry bricks, we carry straw, and we do hard labor. That is what we do. And the child will say, okay, Daddy. And the child goes again with an ambition. He says, Father, I saw on TV Pharaoh in his palace. I aspire one day to speak and to see people. He says, shh, keep quiet. We don't do that. We are slaves. We take instructions. We don't give instructions. Gradually, that child is conditioned to slavery. Generations upon generations of slavery. In the same way, some of you have the picture of your new life you have in Christ. And you stand up, you feel a headache. You say, in the name of Jesus, I speak to your headache. Get out! And somebody who has been born again longer than you smiles. <laughs> you say, they've not told him. <laughs> They've not told that. Hey, that's how people used to talk to Eddie. Say they've not told that. Do not say, should we tell him? <laughs> Praise God. See, let me tell you, not all experience is experience. There is something called useless experience. Some people have been Christians for 20 years. They've not been in Christ for a day. Don't take any form of advice from them. Did you hear that? Is meaningless advice. They will tell you, let me tell you how they deal in churches. Oh, these churches. Number one, the pastor is after your money. Number two, everybody is after their pocket. Number three, watch your back. Have you heard? Have you heard? They will tell you in this Canada. You know some people speak slave language to you. When you hear a lot of day, 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 that's the language of slaves. They don't want you to prosper. They won't give you a job. They won't day, day, day. As owners, we speak the language of we. We own this land. We take this territory for Jesus. We prosper in this land. As we go out, we are blessed. As we come in, we are blessed. Our children will grow up in this land. They will be taught of the Lord. They will be successful in the marketplace. And they will be giants in the kingdom of God. That is our reality. And put your experience in the fridge. I don't want to know how long you've been whatever for. Praise God. Praise God. So you accept your new nature by faith. You accept your new nature by faith. I am free. You tell yourself, I am now righteous. This is who I am. I am sorry. You see, let me tell you, a sinner is not somebody who sins. A sinner is anybody who is not born again, no matter how nice they are. Guess what? The best person you know will go to hellfire if he's not saved. Oh, I don't take alcohol. I don't smoke. I don't womanize. I don't look at funny pages. I don't have Twitter. I don't have Instagram. I don't have Facebook. I'm righteous. Hey, you're a sinner. Praise God. And a righteous person is not somebody who righteous is. Pardon my French. Simple that we don't know French. It's probably correct. It's not that's bad English. <laughs> Praise God. Are you still with me this morning? A righteous person is someone who has been redeemed by the blood and has put on righteousness. The Bible says that just as through the act of one man, sin came into the world, in the same way by the obedience of one, righteousness is imputed. That's an accounting term. We credited you righteous. It was thrown on you. Hello? You did nothing to earn it. The only thing you did was you believed. That what he did was good enough for you. Some of us still fight it. It's not good enough. I have to improve it. Ah, ah, Jesus, just like that. Your blood. What's in your blood? It's not red blood cells and white blood cells. Just enough. No, I have to. I have to work it. Praise God. 
Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's an account in Esther chapter 4, verse 15. You know, Esther chapter 4 from verse 15 all the way to chapter 5. The Bible says that Mordecai had sent the words to Esther. And it says that, hmm, you know when you were going in there, I told you don't tell anybody you're a Jew. Hmm? You remember? I said, yes, sit now. They need to know. So what do you mean? said, if you don't move, every Jew you know is going to be destroyed. Say, what do you mean? Say, that's what is going on. So Esther said, I'll fast. I'll pray. If I die, I die. I know the risk. Let's just read it. Let's read it. The Lord will give you understanding of this message in Jesus' name. Esther chapter 5. Are you there? If you are there, read, read verse 1 for me. If you are there, please help me read. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Now, there's a, there's a detail there that you have a tendency to miss. It says that Esther put on her royal robes and then she went into the palace. It means fully well that before you enter into the place of God's presence, you have to put on a robe. And the only robe that makes sense for you to put on is a robe of righteousness. Because if you do not go into his presence with the robe of righteousness, you are going to be condemned out of the place. Are we still together? How many of you have ever tried to pray before? You know there is slave prayer too. There is slave prayer. Oh God, please, just, ah, this last time. <laughs> It's like, ah, God, this time, just this once, this once, slave prayer. Praise God. The devil will now tell you, you thought a bad thought yesterday. You lied the day before yesterday. And I say, Father, everything that I committed, every, yeah, known and unknown, everything that I omitted, the one of commission and omission, of rendition and petition, of organization that you now begin to, you know why, do you, do you really know why you're doing that? Do you know why you're doing that? Because the devil has brought a sense of guilt on you. You didn't come with robes. When you come with a robe of righteousness, the Bible tells you, hey, I said the Bible, the devil reminds you, this is what you did. Then you now remind him. Hello? You will remind him what Jesus did. He said, ah, devil, how could you have thought that I was that good? I'm not. But I'm putting on a perfect robe of righteousness. Because the one who did it is that good. Some people are afraid of casting out demons. They don't want the devil's... See, the devil is not that reasonable. Don't say if I don't go near me, we won't come near you. No, you better put on your robes and know who you are. Because he's going to come near you. If I don't touch him, he won't touch me. You think you are dealing with, <laughs> with, with Trudeau or reasonable people? <laughs> Praise God. Tap your neighbor and say, put on your robes. Are you righteous? Ask them, are you righteous? I didn't ask, are you a good person? I said, are you righteous? Praise God. The number two thing you need to do going in is to renew your mind. Somebody say, renew your mind. A renewed mind, you know one of the words that people, religious people love a lot is repent. You know a lot of words, people don't even know what it means. Say you must repent, you must repent. You must, if you don't repent and 
You know, there, there is a common theological argument that how do people get saved? You know, the Bible says repent. Another place it says if you believe and you confess. So some people believe you just have to believe and confess. Some other people say you must repent, you must repent. So they're arguing. And they don't know what repent means. To repent means to have a change of mind. That's what it means. Praise God. Praise God. In fact, let me tell you the real order. You believe, you confess, you become saved, then you repent. Hello? Because if you don't change your mind, you will be a... Have you heard, have you heard the oxymoron, free slave, before? Free slave. That's what a lot of believers are. Free slave. Told us the story once of a popular cruise, cruise experience, luxury cruise reserved for the very rich. I've shared the story here before. Don't mind them, they're having their own Easter celebration there. Somebody is teaching, teaching the class. <laughs> Praise God. And then tickets ridiculously expensive. Very few people, very, the, the very rich. And there was this guy who was just a regular guy. Somebody just gave him free tickets. <laughs> free tickets. Says, yes, go on the cruise. One week cruise. So he got into the cruise and he saw them when it's time for their meals, buffet, all sorts of fruits, all sorts of foods everything there for them to eat. And they will go to this room to be like a, a, a jazz concert, you know. Everybody dressed in their bow tie, you know. The music is just very luxurious environment. The guy will just look and look and look and just keep on looking and admiring. Ah, if only one day I could have access to enjoy these kind of things. Then when it's time to sleep, we will just look for one corner. When the people have cleared, they will just go to the corner and sleep. Until the last day, of the cruise. It will go, when it's time to eat, when everybody has finished eating, it will just go to the chef. So please, can I have banana? Say, take banana. Can I have orange? You say orange. Say, you don't want to eat? Say, we have food. Yeah, there's, there's food. Okay, let me have a little rice. I have rice. Pack it. Go and eat his rice. Wait till the next day. Praise God. Praise God. You know that packing of food, it reminds me of when you check into a hotel that they have free breakfast. So you have your breakfast, you pack your lunch and your dinner, <laughs> and then you go to your room. <laughs> Praise God. And he was doing this every day, packing food until the last day of the cruise. He just, the, the chef said, I'm sorry, I'm curious. Who, who really are you? How did you get into the ship? He said, I got a ticket. So oh, nice. So why have you not been, you know, participating? Why have you not been engaging in, you know, normal cruise activity? He said, you know, my ticket was a free ticket. The chef smiled. He said, bring it. So he brought his ticket, and there was one of the guys who had just come to pick food. I said, please, sir, do you mind if I see your ticket? I had the ticket. Showed him. He said, there is absolutely no difference between your ticket and his own ticket. So although you got yours free, it was paid for. The worth of your ticket is still the worth of every ticket here. Your room is actually one of the rooms in the penthouse. Not only could you have eaten from the buffet, you qualified for room service. The guy was shocked. They gave me a ticket. They didn't tell me what was on my ticket. So are you saying I can have anything here? He said, yes, you, you can have. It's for you. You can have every, anything here. In the same way, we have been issued an expensive ticket, but for free. Because it was paid for by his blood. And by grace, we have access into that place. But we, we, a lot of us, we just go and say, God, I don't just sprinkle small healing on me today. Just sprinkle some. God bless me. Uh -uh. You know, if you bless me, the church will move forward. You know, you are guilting God into blessings. However, the effective prayer of a righteous man is a prayer of awareness. 
is a prayer from ownership. This is who I am. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you because I have this. And you begin to birth those things in your mind. You see them and you receive them in the spirit. You confess them, they manifest in the physical. Praise God. Tap your neighbor, say, renew your mind. Say, renew your mind. Look for your other neighbor, say, renew your mind. If your mind is not renewed, you will live the life of a free slave. Praise God. Part of your mind renewal involves building new competencies. The skill that saw you through Egypt is not the skill required for the promised land. In the promised land, the promise of the promised land is milk and honey. Hello? I was listening to a man of God. He said, milk and honey, you don't pluck them from the tree. They are not finished products. If you want milk, what do you do? You wreck cows. You milk them. If you want honey, what do you do? You rear bees. It means that the skill set in the place of inheritance requires innovation. And people don't like to hear this in church. They tell you, you know, the spirit, uh, spirit to do it. Why do I need to know how to, you know, I don't need to know how to write resume when the spirit can give me favor. I will just write my name and they will just call me for interview. See, that spirit is methylated spirit. That is not the, the spirit. See, let me tell you, that ticket that that guy was given, let me tell you this, let me tell you this. That ticket that that guy was given is like someone handing to you the Bible. If you are not led on how to make sense of the word, your life will be very confused. Are we still together? Praise God. Praise God. The third thing you know you need to do getting in is you need to take what is yours. Did you hear that? Now, we said it is yours, right? Hello? It is yours, but you have to take it. How many of you have ever gotten a, a parcel, a um, delivery label in the mail, and you have to go and pick it up from the post office? Who is the owner of the parcel? It's yours. But you have to go and pick it up. You have to lay claim to it. In the same way, there are exceeding great promises for us in the world. They are for you. But you have to take what is yours. Did you hear that? Take what is yours. Joshua 1.3. It says, I have given you. But they still have to go in and fight. I have given you. They have to go in and fight. So it is yours. But it won't arrive on a platter. It is yours, but you have to get up and you have to go take it. Luke chapter 15, 27 to 31. The Bible, this is the parable about the prodigal son. It says the elder brother heard from a distance, sound of rejoicing. Ah, what is going on in this place? And then as he got closer, one of the servants came to meet him. I said, guess what? Your brother is back. Your dad has killed. The Do you know what a fattened calf is? In Jewish custom, it was customary for anybody who had animals to particularly overfeed one for the day you for the day you receive a special guest. Hello. So that one cow that everybody had behind. When are we going to you know launch this thing? Is it Daddy's birthday? Is it anniversary? I he just got to my that they've killed it. <laughs> for who? Say your brother. Which brother? 
When he was talking about his brother, he referred to him as this son of yours. Now, this is the point I'm going to. One of the things the big brother said is that, he said, I have served you all this while. He was a free slave. In his father's house, he was laying hold to an inheritance that somebody took for free in your presence. Laying hold to it by service. Told the father, I have served you all this while and you did not honor me this way. Your son that has spent all your money on, 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 on lots and on living a useless lifestyle is the one you are doing all this for. The father said, you are my son. Everything I have is yours. I'm going to say that again. Some of you didn't get it. You are his son. Everything he has is yours. You are not his servant. You are not working to earn anything from him. Yes, a good son has responsibilities. But you are not, you are not doing that. You are his son. You have an inheritance. Everything I have is yours. You know the funny thing? I heard the pastor say this. He said when that father is going to die again, he will redivide his inheritance. The prodigal we still get. That's how he works in the kingdom. Isn't this God amazing? Isn't this God amazing? Tap your neighbor. Say, are you free indeed? I, I know you are free, but I'm just checking. Is it a real freedom? Or is it photocopy? Did you buy your freedom from dollar store? Hello? Or did you buy it from... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Praise God. Because of our time, one more thing you need to do to maximize Easter and to enjoy this life is to live life to the full. Somebody say live life to the full. This is the part we don't like to talk about in church. The abundant life is not meant for unbelievers. You don't want to get to heaven and begin to see things that are not useful in heaven. Hello? You are now telling yourself, oh, I should have been more... I didn't know all these things were available for me. John 10, 10. The thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that I might give you life and give you life more abundantly. Ladies and gentlemen, may I suggest to you that there is something called the abundant life. A life that is above sickness. A life that is above disease. A life that takes the promises in the word of God at face value. If he says I will lend to nations, I will lend to nations. If he says I will be above only, I will be above only. If he says that I will not have any disease, indeed I will not have any disease. I won't make excuse for, for cold. Any disease is any disease. Is it possible that we can live this abundant life? Could it be that this is what he came for? Could it be that this is what he died for? Could it be that this is why he resurrected? So that he can live this life. Praise God. Why don't you rise on your feet and just wave your hands to heaven. He's giving you a gift. Are you going to open it? And if you are going to open it, are you going to make use of it? Or are you going to misuse or abuse it? Wave your hands to heaven and just say, thank you, Jesus. This is what you've made available for me. Thank you, Jesus. What a life. What a life. What a life. What a life. I want to stretch your mind. What are the possibilities of what God could do through you? Through you, it says, nations of the earth shall be blessed. Through you. Through you. 
through you, by the virtue of the power of his resurrection, through you, what can God do with that life on this earth? How many souls, how many buildings, how many homeless people, how many uneducated people can God reach through your life? How many ministries can be birthed because you came? Because you decided to live this life. You, you decided to say enough. Enough of the mediocre life. Enough of the slave lifestyle. I'm free indeed. In Christ, I'm free indeed. No chains are holding me. It's who I choose to be. Brothers and sisters, you have a choice to make this morning. You are going, you've been made free. Yes, you have to choose to be free. The proclamation of your independence has been declared. It has been signed. It has been sealed. But you are going to need to be free. You are going to need to be free. You are going to need to be free. Some of you have never lived a day of the life. Never lived a day of the life. This life is lived by the Spirit. Jesus said it is important that I should go. This new place you are going to, you need something to live in it. Oh my. Praise God. I hear the Spirit of God says He wants to give us an Easter gift. Are you ready for your gifts this morning? Are you ready for your gifts this morning? Do you know if you picked a Jew, an average Jew, and you asked them, what is your concept of a Messiah? You know why a lot of them still don't accept Jesus? You know why? Let me tell you. When Jesus came, they were under Roman rule. When Jesus died, he was crucified by Romans. When he rose up again and appeared to them, there were still Roman rulers. They could not picture a kind of Messiah that could not deliver them from, from Rome. And they asked him in Acts chapter 1, if you read from verse 5 downwards, they said, Jesus, we know you've died. We know you've risen again. But when will the, when will the kingdom be restored back to us? They were still asking political questions. Jesus Christ said, it is not for you to know about that. He says, but you will receive power. I've died and you people are still asking about, about who is in charge. You, what you need is power. What you need is power. If we are going to go in, be strong and courageous. That strength and courage comes by power. Jesus is saying that is what you need. I want you to raise your hand to heaven. And I'm going to ask that the resurrection power be infused into you. That every deadness in your life comes alive. And that the strength and the courage you need to possess your inheritance is released unto you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Are you ready for it this morning? Are you ready for it this morning? Just for about 30 to 50 seconds, I want you to pray in the language of the Spirit. When you baptize somebody in water, they come out of water, dripping water, because they've made contact with water. When you are baptized with power, you come out of power, dripping power, because you've made contact with resurrection power. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised him from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies. There is a quickening up here this morning. Power. Power to function. Power to live the life. A life above sin. A life above addiction. Those things you've tried to stop doing and you fail. Power is in the room this morning. 
those things you are believing God for power is in the room this morning I ask for a release of the power of the almighty God in this room in the mighty name of Jesus power from an eye power from an eye quicken awaken quicken awaken in the name of Jesus no more deadness no more lifelessness no more chains in the name of Jesus we are free we are free indeed we are free indeed come on shout it as loud as you can I am free indeed I am free indeed I am filled with the power of the Holy Ghost I want you to say with conviction I am filled with the power of the Holy Ghost the power of the Holy Ghost is at work in me I am strong and courageous I want you to take a step from where you are and say by virtue of the power of the Holy Ghost I enter into my inheritance I live the abundant life I need you to move, 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 move from where you are I enter into my inheritance I take hold of what is mine I activate the power of the most high within me he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty I walk in the power of God I walk in the fullness of his grace I walk in the fullness of his grace lines are falling unto me present praises in the name of Jesus glory glory to your name hallelujah 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 he lives he's alive he's alive in you he's not just alive on the throne he's alive in you there's power on your inside there's power available to you there's power in your words father we bless your name for the ministry of your word and of your spirit Thank you because from today forth, we refuse the life of slaves. We refuse it no more. We have a slave master who pretends as though he doesn't read documents. What you've sealed and signed, he knows. But he's not going to let go. But we are walking out from his chains. Walking out from his bondage. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Every person under the sound of my voice, under the hold of the devil in any area of your lives, I command you, the devil, to lose your hold in the name of Jesus. Lose your hold over that life. Lose your hold over that life. Lose your hold over that life. We rebuke you. We rebuke you, Satan. There is no room for you in the vessel of the Son of the Most High. There is no room for you in the vessel of the daughter of the Most High. There is no room for you in our families. There is no room for you in our church. There is no vacancy here. We rebuke you and you command you to flee. In the name of Jesus, we are saturated with the power of the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you believe this, I want you to shout a victorious hallelujah. That doesn't sound like a victorious hallelujah. I want you to shout a victorious hallelujah if you believe this. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Have you been blessed this morning? Have you been blessed this morning? Easter is not about eggs. It's not about bunnies. Easter is not even about Jesus. Mm. I said it. It's about you. It's about what you make do with what he has done. He has done his part. His part is finished. Now you start your own. Praise God. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big hand. Give the Lord a big shout of praise. Hallelujah. Please have your seat. Our time is fast spent. It's Easter Sunday. We were encouraged by maybe a few minutes.